welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, folks. It is Jerry Springer! Thank you. Thank you so much, and thanks for braving the uh, blizzard here. Ooh, yes. Yeah, blizzard. Well, here. there's really Love not, but we record these ahead of time, so maybe by the time people hear these, <laughs> there could be, be a, a blizzard. blizzard. Yeah. Ooh, good no. thinking. Yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. No, there's not going to be a blizzard. You know, yeah. when when you have done uh, political stuff, you do a lot of political stuff yeah. in the Democratic Party in Ohio and across the country. I say Ohio because yeah. you spent a lot of years in Cincinnati as mayor and council member, and you got to have a political history here. You've traveled the state, you've traveled the country giving speeches and helping candidates raise money, and a lot of people have appreciated that. And I have, uh, you know, on occasion, uh, many more times than one, uh, gone as the entourage of one, talk to that guy over there, somebody has something they want to, some stupid ass thing, go talk to him. (laughs) And so... I've noticed something when I've done those travels, yes. uh, and people probably don't know this about Jerry Maria, but if you left alone, he will, for the three meals of the day, have for breakfast, cheeseburger, lunch, cheeseburger, dinner, cheeseburger, and fries. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he will, is that not true? You eat a lot yeah, of cheeseburger. but I <laughs> save the fries for dinner. Yeah, that's right. It's a special. You won't. See me having fries for, for breakfast. breakfast. Where do you do get that. these cheeseburgers? Bad. Now, see, there's the thing. He gets them wherever you know, any pub, bar, restaurant. But I get cheeseburgers. Have you? Yeah. Do you ever go to Burger King, Maria? Or do you a fast food? I might eat fast food sometimes. Okay. I mean, you're not adverse to it. You're not. Are you a vegetarian by any chance? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm not either. So I've been going. I have gone. I wouldn't say I go regularly. But Burger King has a thing, now it's going to sound like I've worked for Burger King, called the Impossible Burger. And it is a cheeseburger. You can get a cheeseburger. Yeah. It is, there is no meat in it. But it comes, you know, if you like stop by there and grab one, take it home for dinner and open up the paper and have the burger, it tastes, and that's why they have cleverly named it the Impossible Burger. It tastes exactly like like a cheeseburger. Exactly. And it's all plant-based. Isn't it like vegan? Or, or if you get it without the cheese? Or I heard, yeah. or maybe that was White Castle. Well, they had like vegan sliders. Well, it, it is, and that's what it is. And yeah. there, there's a big deal being made. The vegan community is saying, mm. don't get them, and here's why. They're why? really picking at it. Because it's cooked on the same griddle that the meats uh, are cooked on, and there's some residue that transfers and all that. Hey, I think it's cool that they're at least trying, though, you know? I do, I do too. That's sweet. I mean, that's huge. And I want to switch you In the words of that over. old commercial, where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to try to get you switched Why over. Why would you go to a burger place? Well, because uh, beef, Jerry, many to- people would say too much beef. A lot of people actually say, yeah, that, I get, get beef that. out of your diet. I or get a lot that, of beef but then don't go there. Go oh, it to tastes a, good. Go to a restaurant, you know, get Have something some else? pasta. Pasta or something. Get some other <laughs> get health some food. Pasta. <laughs> hey, sometime. Now, I don't eat cheeseburgers all the no, time. No, you don't. That's not that bad. Uh, but uh, most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> seen a lot of cheeseburgers. Uh, but I'm going to have to introduce you 
Well, I w- sometime I would like to have you have an Impossible Burger and just say uh, what yeah, you I, think. Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to try. And I think you would be su- surprised. I ran into uh, a guy named Dr. He, Greg Schrand. He is a PhD <laughs> in medieval literature from Rice University. He's a scholar. <laughs> And he hasn't been able to get work through his whole life, so he became oh, a lifeguard. Yes, I heard about and that. And he is, and he's lifeguarded all over the country. Gosh, and we haven't heard from him in a while. I know, and I ran into him, you and okay? he, raised, <laughs> he raised something. Uh, he, uh, for a point in his life, lifeguarded at the what is known to be the largest recirculating pool in the world, and it's in Cincinnati, Ohio called Coney Island, and it's a huge swimming pool. It's the size of a lake, and it's a Hmm. swimming pool. You know, it's concrete. It's been around since probably the 1930s. And it's uh, still today a very beautiful place. He was lifeguard there for many years. And he said that sometime back in, you'll be able to nail down the rough dates, when you were an anchorman at Channel 5 News, NBC affiliate. What years? 80s. Yeah. They opened a... uh, commercial draw at the pool next to the pool which was a huge water slide they're popular all over the country and the world yeah this one was called the zoom flume and as a promotion and i think the channel five uh video it brought a crew out and you came down the zoom flume i did yeah it's what he said (laughs) And he said he wondered, his memory is that there was a big deal because you had like a Speedo on or something on the Zoom flume. And we're trying to find out if there's any I've, archival video of that because we would put that on our website. We think that'd be no, a hit. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we're if, thinking that I it'd think be a hit. If I was wearing a Speedo, it'd be memorable. <laughs> yeah, okay. So no. you deny it. I deny it. Yeah. I was not wearing in traditional aisle seven. boxer. <laughs> trunks as we say no, I, I do you were, remember going down the zoom flume at channel five a vague, when you were working a vague memory I, I could see yeah. they you did a lot of pushed. crazy stuff how, yeah how old were you then i was well in 82 i was 38 38 when i started anchoring oh you really i was actually pretty young i didn't realize uh yeah i did yeah. 38 to uh, 48 right and then i started the show when i was 47 or something what was the color of the speedo <laughs> this is uh since it's audio only jerry raised here. his eyebrows real fast up here, and down here, like, here, uh, let me like show only you. you could know you, know, you wish you knew kind of deal yeah. that's uh, ridiculous it's ridiculous you know hey let me ask you something uh yeah. so we had this impeachment very memorable we've uh, done a couple episodes that touched on some aspects of it but i wanted to ask you this um what is your theory? I mean, it's, it's like a big Senate. There's 50 members of the Senate. One, a courageous Mitt Romney, senator from Utah, voted to remove the president. 49 didn't. What's your theory on why, except for him, no one budged? Um, I listen like, most people do to, you know, the talking heads, which I've obviously become one of them. Um, And the conventional wisdom is that the reason the Republicans are like now no longer a party, but rather a cult that, you know, are afraid to oppose Trump on anything is because they don't want to be primaried. That's the, Mm. they're worried that if they stand up against Trump, 
then his followers will find someone to run against the congressmen, against the senators in Republican primaries, and they'll be beaten that way. It's pretty hard. You know, the Republic, most congressional districts are either overwhelmingly Democrat or overwhelmingly Republican. So it's very hard for a congressperson to be defeated in a November election. The way you get rid of a congressperson is you defeat them in their own party's primary, usually with someone who's more extreme. And uh, that's what the Republicans worry about, that a Trumpist will uh, run against a congressman that doesn't vote you know, with Trump, a Republican congressman that doesn't stay with him. That's the basic thought. And, but it's not, just, it's not just about that, because realistically, not every Republican congressman can really be defeated. You know, usually if you're a congressperson, you're pretty well known in your community. You probably went to high school there. You went to college there. Everybody likes you. You've been in a whole bunch of years. It's not going to be easy to to find someone to... It happens, but it's not a common occurrence. So there's got to be something else. And in looking at the Constitution, here is my theory, which also becomes very practical, and I almost understand why someone who is a Republican, and even if they don't like Trump, loves the Republican Party, why they can't afford to go against Trump on something like impeachment. And the reason, as I see it, is this. The part of the Constitution that talks about the Senate then having to vote on the impeachment, they had a vote on removal or not to remove him, is that the Constitution specifically says that if someone who is impeached is then removed by the Senate, that person can never again serve in federal office, period. So what that means is that if Trump had been removed last a couple of weeks ago, he could no longer be at the top of the ticket. Well, practically speaking what would the Republican Party do? You can't say, well, they'll just have Pence run for president then because the party is going to be divided by those senators that did vote to protect Trump and those senators that voted to remove him. So the party being divided would mean, and with no consensus Republican at the top of the ticket, you only got a few months before the election, what would the Republicans do to have someone at the top that was supported by the whole party? It's practically impossible, which means that every Republican office holder in the country, be it for state legislature, for governor, for Congress, for Senate, for city council, if you don't have a Republican president at the top of, or uh, a candidate at the top of the ticket, what will Republicans do? Many voters will stay home. They're not going to vote for the Democrat. They'll just stay home. And if they stay home, that'll be enough votes that virtually every Republican will lose their office. 2020 is a census year. 
the Republicans cannot afford to lose the state legislatures in 2020 because and governorships because that's the office that decides what the congressional lines are going to be for the next 10 years. 2020, the winners of that election, the state office holders from governor on down and state house members, state senate members, they will draw the new districts. And that means that for the next 10 years, the congressional districts will be Democrat. So not only will every Republican office holder lose the election this year, but for the next 10 years, the Republicans will be running in horrible districts for them. So as a practical matter, you can suddenly realize what Mitch McConnell is probably telling in those Republican caucuses that aren't open to the public. What every party chairman, every Republican party chairman in every state is saying in their Republican meetings not open to the public. They're saying, look, take the heat. Even if you think Trump is a pig, take the heat. Because if you toss him out, we have no one to run for president that the party can get behind because of the fight over impeachment. Republican voters will stay home. We will lose virtually every election to Democrats simply because there won't be enough Republican voters. And for the next 10 years, all the congressional districts will be Democrat. You'll kill the party for 10 years. Our political careers are over. That, I believe, is the reason why you didn't get anybody except Romney, anybody willing to vote to remove Trump. They couldn't afford to do it. everyone we want to uh, welcome our musical guest up on stage he was on our past few episodes and we're very happy to have him back he's brought some really incredibly powerful songs yeah. to the table and um really has what a writer yeah. what a writer other than having a wonderful voice but <laughs> yeah, man those are yeah i'm um, honestly ex- very excited to hear this next song um and uh to hear what is coming up from you. Um, everyone, welcome to the stage. Tony Hera, everybody. Hey, Tony! Well, I'll give you guys a choice. So the last few episodes we did uh, somber and reflective. We can do another one like that, or we can do just a fun, upbeat song. What do y'all want to hear? What do you feel like playing? That's what we were going to get up here and do is an upbeat song. That's exactly what we're doing. Seriously. We try to to model it with the audience, so uh, I thought I'd give you a call. uh, The call on it. Uh, I wrote this in a hotel room in Oklahoma City. Uh, It was real hot. It was like 110. Uh, And I thought humid, hot West Virginia summers were bad, but... They got it going on down there. In Oklahoma, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no shade. There's no shade. No, no. There's no mountains. There's no. Right. How, just, how can you get shade from an oil drill? Yeah, you're, you're, you're right up yeah. in the middle of it. 
This is called uh, High Fidelity Lovers and Lo-Fi Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> thing I know it's gonna get better she's lived her whole life as fickle as the weather so she steps out into the street hums a tune to the rhythm of her feet singing damn the torpedoes full steam ahead he said I'm going to a show with or without her I don't like the band But I sure love the scene He's spending too much time to himself Singing praises to the ghosts on his shelves Dying in his room all alone With his record player Cafe, living one step at a time, foot in front of the other.
Yeah. Thanks, Tony. It's not always sad. <laughs> Tony, will you do us a favor and uh, introduce us to um, your bassist as, as well? Yes, this is the uh, the amazing, the elusive uh, Mr. Anders Bush from Hurricane, West Virginia. Ooh, there you go. When you say elusive, are you running from the law? He's not That's a story he's not for another time. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not officially. Yeah. Um, I've had the honor of playing with a bunch of musicians, and uh, I want to just say how truly I, how much I appreciate your bass playing. It's very some of the tastiest bass playing I've heard. Really great. Great stuff. Um, I'm never going to hear the end of this. <laughs> He's got a long drive. He's got a long, very long drive. <laughs> his stock just went up, and so did yeah. his pay, and he knows it. Yeah. I mean, it really, yeah. it really says something. Like when you can hear when musicians like listen and and are trying to make the songs, you know, are trying to be there for the song, and that's what you do. So it sounds great. Well, thank you. We both try to be real reactive to each other. Yeah, yeah. you can tell. it's, it's That's awesome. a nice way of saying we don't rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> no, some, some musicians play for themselves and some play to the song. He plays yeah. the song, and that's what makes it, him amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, Tony, thanks again for joining us. Um, everyone out there, Tony is spelled with a Y, and then Hera is H-A-R-R-A-H. Look him up. He's got stuff coming up. He's got albums out right now, so you can go listen on all platforms. Um, and then uh, the website, please remind us again. Um, TonyHara.com. Oh, awesome. Great. Um, and then will you do us one last favor of uh, taking us out on Down by the Riverside? Perhaps let Sherry have a verse, maybe? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped now. All right. Woo! I want to meet my loving mama Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Yeah, hey.